All right, our call to worship, our call to worship today, if you will stand with me, comes from Revelation 4, 10, verse 10, and verse 11. We cast our crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. By your will, they exist and were created. God, we come before you today and acknowledge your grandeur. Lord, we're humbled by your glory, by your holiness. And God, we come here to praise you and to worship you. And we know that that nothing that we bring is anywhere near worthy enough. But we bring what we have. We worship you in the way you have instructed us. And we attempt to do that to the best of our ability. And God, we are so thankful that you make up the difference. So God, creator of the universe, help us. Help us to to honor you and to worship you. Change our hearts to be closer to what you'd have them be. Lord, don't let us leave today without changing. Because we met you this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, good morning. If you want to turn in your hymnals to Song 301, praise to the Lord the Almighty. We will sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 6. Um, This is just a slightly quicker version of what you would know. Um, And uh, yeah, let's praise the Lord. Surely it's good. 
time now. Uh, every week where when we do come before the Lord, uh, we see who we are. Uh, and so we are driven to our knees and we for, uh, ask for forgiveness uh, for our sins. Uh, so we'll have a time of quiet confession uh, and then I will close this out with a corporate prayer of confession. God, we, uh, we come before you uh, with, with hearts and minds that uh, hopefully are very aware of who we are without you. Um, but God, we approach you, we approach your throne, uh, and we see uh, what the Almighty can do. Uh, we thank you for loving us. Uh, we thank you for forgiving us. Uh, and we pray that we would not see ourselves as our own Savior, uh, in our own deeds, and our own works, uh, but instead that we would run to you, that we would trust in you, uh, knowing that you will clothe us in your righteousness. In your name we pray. Amen.
our sins and in that humble nature, having surrendered everything, God then blesses us with forgiveness and grace. And it's in that grace that we can then stand up and acknowledge the forgiveness of those sins. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive. Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I fear my
Christian, what do you believe? We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And our catechism is Westminster Catechism number 10. How did God create man? God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. All right, and before we have a seat, I'm going to ask, and before our offering, I'm going to ask that 
the Bobo family come up to the front. Um, do we want to put chairs out of this? Yeah, y'all, y'all have a seat. And y'all know that everybody knows that the Bobos are going on a missions trip this week. Um, and as elders, we thought it would be great for us to pray for them. So we invite uh, the congregation to come up and, um, and let's uh, join together. And I'm just going to ask anyone that feels led to pray for this family that are going into the into the into the world to bring the good news of the gospel and to spread that to people and to show it through their love. So let's pray for them. Mm-hmm. Right, thank you for the Bobo family and the willingness to serve you even outside of their comfort zone. We pray that they would, they would go forth uh, in your strength. Uh, we pray that they would serve uh, some of the least of these that are, that are great in your kingdom. Uh, we pray uh, for their strength. We pray for their safety. Uh, we especially pray that uh, your love and your word would flow through them uh, to those that they can minister to. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, and that we especially thank you for that Bobo. Pray that they would have um, a safe trip through Colombia, and that the road and that the flight would go smoothly, and they wouldn't have any trouble getting here. Lord, I pray that those troubles would come over them, or sickness, or delays, and I pray that everything would go smoothly and right for them. I pray that no troubles will come upon them as they go. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I pray that you would help this family as they are going to mission to people that have not yet called your grace, Lord. I just pray that you would give them peace and comfort as they go in places where we could not mission to yet. And please go in your name. Father, I thank you for preparing the way for them to leave and to go send your message to the part of the world, Lord. Um, I ask that uh, you be in their preparation in their hearts and in the preparation of the people that are going to receive uh, your truth and your message, Lord, um, that they would be willing and receptive um, to what that means. Um, God, I pray that you would give them an awareness um, in their situations that they walk into. Um, that they would have wisdom and discernment uh, to know where to go and where not to go. Yeah. Um, and that they would uh, just be comforted in your peace and be given your strength um, and be given your words to speak and not their own. Um, and that even the people there that are on mission with you consistently uh, would feel respite um, with their presence there um, so that they can continue to do the work that's happening in Colombia. Lord, like you said, uh, Peter and Andrew, I will make you fishers of men. What a blessing it is for them to get to experience that and to live out the great commission in a way that many of us don't get to. Um, 
or at least not internationally, um, or even domestically. Sometimes it's just in our own circles. So Lord, we're just thankful for the family and that they're willing to to stand in the fray and to go where you lead them. And I just pray that you give them the strength and the courage and the wisdom to speak your words and let it not be their words, but it be uh, the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you and we're thankful for this family. Father, the confidence that we have and the courage that we have as they lead us is that you are our provider, you are our protector, and you are our deliverer. Thank you for that promise, Lord. So we, as they leave us, we know, Lord, that, 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 you're, that they are under your care. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would manifest the gifts that you've given them to be a blessing to each and every person they come in contact with. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would manifest the fruit of the Spirit, which is your primary role in our lives, that all of the fruit would be evident, that people might know the God that they serve, um, and that you would give them strength in their weakness, whatever that weakness might be. We know, Lord, that our greatest strength is found when we are weak, and when we see our need for you, and Holy Spirit, you gave that great role that we didn't know when we didn't know what to pray, we didn't have the strength that you would give it to us and that you would give them that type of boldness, that type of courage, that type of strength that they would need, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their challenges, regardless of any trial that would come their way, that they would know that their God is with them. So we pray, Lord, that the world would know that you are our God, and that Jesus is our King. Lord, um, thank you for the photos and our trip, the mission trip, and that that would go well in Jesus' name. Mother, as you send out this family, please uh, take over them, protect them as we pray, but also to nourish them, keep them uh, fed. Your word and, and um, your glory, helping to um, always be, uh, never be wanting for, for comfort, for uh, spiritual help, for care for you. Um, keep them under your wing, um, always um, looking to depend on you and to continue to, to live life and live life above as they, as you send them out to uh, complete your mission. God, we thank you for the Bobos. I, I thank you for them. I thank you that you put, you, that you put them in our church. Uh, I'm so thankful for this opportunity that they have seen and, and sought out and, and that they're making a reality. God, I pray that you remind them and that you remind us that uh, the same God that protects them here will protect them there. And that you are a sovereign and that you promise us that you will um, that you use us, Lord, for to further your kingdom. I'm so glad for uh, you allowing us to play that role in using the bobos in this specific way. Lord, show us how we can uh, we can honor you and, and honor their uh, attempts to, to spread your love and your wisdom and your word. Lord, help us to pray for them. 
So, um, if the person who's going to take the offering will come forward. Our offertory uh, verses uh, today are, I believe, from the reading, uh, Leviticus 27, starting verse 30. Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herd and flocks, every tenth animal of all that passes under the herdman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. This is a good reminder that everything belongs to the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for... This time that we have set aside, we thank you that you remind us that everything we have is truly yours. And Lord, that you, through the giving of us and the blessing of us, again, allow us to participate in your work. Lord, you call us to imitate you in your gracious giving. And God, help us to do that in in a way that brings you glory. Lord, help us to realize and to truly act as if everything you give us is yours. Everything we possess is truly yours. Lord, help that to change the way we think of our possessions and our work and our gifts. God, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 18. We'll read through verse 25. Uh, So if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. I'm going to pray for us before we begin. God, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for giving us insight into what happened in history. Uh, We pray that you would give us insight into into some of the whys and the hows and pray that uh, our hearts would be drawn towards you. Uh, We pray that you would speak in uh, and through and if necessary even around my words uh, to get uh, your word to your people. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so last week, uh, it was man, uh, and so, you know, I'm not extremely, uh, you know, a creative person, so the title this week is Woman. Um, uh, so, uh, we've got a few things here, there's actually a lot, uh, but uh, we're going to begin uh, with uh, point one on your outline is Woman Created, okay? Uh, so, Woman Created. Uh, the first thing we noticed here, uh, and, and we're going to point out uh, once again that we are back in day six, right? Uh, so we're, we're kind of getting a, a special insight back on day six. Uh, he said, it is not good that man is alone. Okay, so that's A, not good that man is alone. I think most everybody has noticed this is the first time that God has said that something is not good, Right? Uh, everything was good, and then good, and then good. Uh, but now, suddenly, it is not good. Uh, and, and I find that very interesting, uh, because usually if we are uh, creating something, building something, baking something, whatever, uh, a lot of times, you know, it can be pretty good um, all the way, and then if one little thing is wrong, you know, overall, the whole thing is still good, right? I mean, even if you got a nail sticking out of one board in your house. It's still a good house, right? Uh, but notice that this is not good. Like the entire thing is not good. 
so, uh, Justin uh, Jackson points out that this offers a little bit of insight, actually what it means to be human. Okay, So in our humanness, not only do we have this divine breath of God, right? we have this reflection of him, but we reflect that in different ways, one of which is that it is not good if we are in isolation. We were not created to be in isolation. Uh, so when God finished creating the woman, now that man is not alone, now, if you remember back in Genesis chapter 1, it wasn't just good. Now that woman was created, it's what? Very good. <laughs> remember that. All right. I, so A, it is not good that man is alone. Uh, for B, we see that now man names the animals, right? Uh, so notice something here, that the animals were also formed out of the ground, right? Just like Adam. Uh, but they weren't given what? The breath of God, okay? So God brings them to the man to name. Uh, now, whose, whose animals are these? Who created them is God, right? But what is he doing here? He is bringing them to the man to name. So what does this mean? This means he is giving them to man to have charge of them, dominion over them, and not own them, but steward them for God, right? God still created the animals, right, in creation, but he is showing Adam that Adam now has this responsibility for the animals. He was the priest and the king on earth as God's representatives. And we have to remember, too, that names weren't just labels, right? I think most people know this. Names were not just labels. Hey, I just got to have something to call this thing. Okay? But names were what? They were one of two things. And we can see this. Uh, in later chapters too, they're reflections on the essence of what they are or reflection on something that happened, right? Uh, so Jacob in the Bible later on in Genesis means supplanter because he overtook Esau's birthright, right? He was named because of what he was going to do, okay? But then God changes his name to Israel, right? after something that he did, struggles with God. Uh, another example is Naomi, right? If you remember, Naomi means delightful one, okay? But then, once all of the males in her life died and she returns to Moab, she changed her own name to Mara, which means bitter, okay? So names not aren't just, you know, some sort of, I got to call you something, you know, in that case, I kind of kidded about this before, after our about third kid, I said, maybe we should have just numbered them, right? Like, just one, two, three, like, just call them numbers. But names mean something much more, right? Names mean more. We have Abram to Abraham, so many other uh, examples in the Bible, right? So, God passed this responsibility of naming to Ha-Adam, the man, right, for a reason, so this allows him to partake in this creative order, right? God has been creating, and now he's passing on a portion of this to the man to participate in this created order, to have charge over these other created be be beings. But 
and this is the blank in B, no what? Suitable helper was found. Okay? No suitable helper was found. So then what does God do? This is C. God made from a rib a woman. Okay? Now how is man made? You remember this? Man was made from the earth, right? Why? What does that mean? He has this special connection with the earth, and then he had the breath of God, so he has this special connection with God. So sometimes it's, it's not only great to think about what did happen in history, but sometimes it's helpful to think about what did not happen, right? God did not make man and woman at the same time. Also, man did not make the woman. God did. Man is not the creator and owner of woman. Woman does have this special connection with man, though. Just like man has this connection with earth, woman has this connection with man from his side. So the, one of the questions that I say is, why the rib, right? As Matt likes to say, there's got to be a reason, okay? Now, we might not know but there still is got to be a reason. God is not random, okay? There's also no mention of the breath of God going into the woman. We don't understand all of the reasons behind all of this, but put them on your list on things to ask God. All right, so Genesis 1.27 here, going back a chapter. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him Male and female, he created them both in the image of God, right? So even though woman was created differently, he still made her in God's image. This is all God's doing, too. And he chose to use part of the man to create the woman instead of just speaking her into existence or fashioning her from the earth as he did from Adam. So then what? Woman is named, right? So this is number two, woman named. <clears throat> so God does what once he creates woman? Just like the animals, what does he do? He brings her to the man, right? So that's A, brought her to the man. This shows he is entrusting the man to again steward his creature. It's almost like a gift, this special creation, right? Except it's made from him, okay? This is part of him, which we're going to see here in a little bit. So we see these as some sort of roles that continue to be defined, right? Adam was meant to serve God, work the earth, and man, woman was made for man as a suitable helper is how it describes it, right? And she is perfectly suited to this task because she was created for it, right? And if she does this well, this was in our uh, family worship earlier this week in Proverbs 12, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, right? That crown, think about what that means, right? The excellent wife is a crown to her husband as a part of him, okay? Because of our culture, though, this does not sit well with a lot of people. But remember, this is a statement, not of value, but of what? It's roles, okay? 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are all one, but they're also separate in their roles. One's not of higher value, even though the Father is the one that sends the Spirit and sends the Son to achieve His will. Uh, the Son, in this case, would be the one that is actually serving the Father, right? But what does it say? His name is going to be what? Above all names on heaven and earth as he perfectly serves the Father. So nowadays we have this feminism to deal with, right? And it's done a number on our society. And therefore it also does a number on us. It tends to expound its virtues through what I think is seemingly unhappy and unfulfilled people that are fighting against this created order that God has made. We even tend to kind of gloss over stuff in the Bible that's uncomfortable, right? We, that idea that Sarah called Abraham Lord, right? Think of that connotation right there. I'm going to read 1 Peter 3, starting in uh, verse 3. It says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So then what happened is God... Let's Adam do what? Man names the woman. He names the woman. So once again, showing that the man has special charge over this special human and is to steward her for God. Notice the man didn't write a poem about any of the animals, right? Okay. And when he does give this name, it's Isha. Okay. It means woman, which also actually means wife. Okay, The one name means both. Isha, and it sounds like Ish, which is man. Okay, So this is really cool, and we tend to uh, gloss over this. So this is not Ha-Adam, right? The man. Okay, Because up until now, Ha-Adam has been it. right? This is just... Hey, that's the man, right? The human, that's all it meant, okay? But now that woman comes along, what happens? He says, this is Isha, this is a woman. And now for the first time, he gets to say, that makes me the man. Y'all get that? This is a different name than Genesis 3 that we haven't gotten to yet. Okay, But in Genesis 3.20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay, So this isn't 
man and woman, right? This is Ha-Adam, Adam, is now going to be his name, and her name, and she, he gives her as Eve, okay? So what is this? This sounds like living, or the word for life giver, okay? So names, once again, are very important. Adam, Ha-Adam, means from the earth, right? It shows his connection with the calling of working the land, okay? Eve, he names her according to her highest calling, which is to be the mother of all living, okay? So Adam is going to help bring life from the earth, but he can't create ex nihilo, right? We can't create like God, but God allows Adam to participate in this way, right? Similarly, but then he gives this to Eve, right? Which is not just creating like Adam, but she gets to help create what? New image bearers. Like, yes, Adam has to go out and work and bring up plants and that kind of thing. But what does Eve get to do? Eve has this job, if you want to call it that, of bringing new life, new human life that is in the image of God. Don't let that sink in for a second. Like, this, could, this could happen so many different ways. We'll get to that in a little bit. But God called Adam and Eve to be fruitful, fill the earth and subdue it, right? That was in Genesis 1.28, okay? All right. So this, is, this has been given to them as their highest callings, okay? Uh, we read this week in Leviticus 26, okay? tells of God's blessings if his people should continue to follow him. Okay, now if you remember reading that, one of those blessings is that God is actually going to fulfill for them the command he gave Adam and Eve, right? It is verse 9. It says, I will turn to you, Israel, and make you fruitful and multiply you and will confirm my covenant with you. I thought that was awesome. So now that she's named, Adam feels like he has that identity, right? So now he says, that makes me ish, a man, instead of just the man, right? Instead of a human. Now he's more than human. Now he sees himself in a contrasting relationship, and it defines who he is. Now he is complete, Again, Jackson suggested that once God creates woman and Adam names her, it's only then that he has a true and full identity. Humans are not just unique individuals. Part of who we are is defined by our relationships with at least one other human. Okay? And this is yet another way that we reflect God. So the third point here is woman joined, okay? Woman joined. So here it speaks about man and wife, man and woman become one flesh, okay? Man and woman were made for each other, so much so that they fit together. And this is so much more than a sexual union, right? But it is certainly not less, okay? I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 5 starting in verse 25, said Christ and church, listen for the Christ and the church part. So it starts in verse uh, 22, actually. 
says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. And here it is. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and see, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So there is so much more than just being one in the flesh. In a way, this marriage bed actually reflects the relationship of Christ to his church. So far from being dirty, as our sinful nature has made it and corrupted it, this act actually reflects the most beautiful and sacrificial union of the cosmos, that of the sacrificial Savior to his bride, the church. Another one of our readings this week was in Leviticus 20. And what really struck me here was it was talking about a man and his wife and it described their nakedness as belonging to each other. So if one was to uncover the nakedness of a woman, it's described as her husband's nakedness. And it did it over and over and over again. In our individual culture, it's hard to see that in marriage we are so joined as one. Okay, So apart from sin, men would love their wives so much that it would be like loving ourselves. And there would be no problem for a wife to submit to and even call Lord someone that loved her like that. If we as the church realized, let this part sink in, if we as the church realized that God loves us like that, we would have no problem submitting and calling Him Lord. So on to B, it's leave parents. So there's a reason that the father walks the daughter down the aisle and gives her away at the wedding. Okay? This is part of God's amazing design to perpetuate the human race. Now again, remember how we said sometimes it's helpful to think about how things are not? This could have been designed in a number of different ways in order to perpetuate the human race. He could have had asexual reproduction, right? To where we wouldn't actually need anybody else. Okay? We could have been designed to uh, do this all in the same family unit, right? So you never actually have to leave. You just kind of marry your brothers and sisters, and that would be normal. Uh, he could have had this, that a man would actually stay in his household 
and the wife would just come to the household and that household would just continue to get bigger. Uh, we could have polygamy, right? Where one man has multiple wives or a woman has multiple husbands, okay? Now, all of this sounds really weird to us, right? Why? Because that's not how it was designed, okay? That's not how this was designed. How was this designed? One man, one woman become their own separate unit, okay? They have to leave the parents. They become one flesh and leave their mothers and fathers to do so. So this allows each person, that man and woman, to experience firsthand the love and trust God has built into the system. Because if it was any of those other ways, what would that mean? We would kind of have to sort of get an idea of God's relationship with his church, but through some sort of roundabout way or too many people or multiple people, something weird, right? But there is a reason that God has designed us to leave and cleave to form new family units. And the last part, C, is this naked and not ashamed. This is innocence and joy, right? They are in this garden. Day six is where it all started. Nowadays, people have nightmares about this kind of thing, right? Where you show up naked to class or something like that, okay? But in this case, they have nothing to hide. They have perfect communion with each other and with God. You understand? I'm going to say that part again, okay? When you are naked with God, what does that mean? You have nothing to hide. You have nothing to hide behind. And you have that perfect communion with that other person as well because you are not hiding under anything. Okay? And the great news of this is that when we return to that garden, we get to heaven and we get to be with God. And notice what happens as we approach that throne. This is Isaiah 64. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. What do we clothe ourselves in? Our own righteousness, right? We cover ourselves up. But what does God do when we come to him? Did you all ever notice this? What does God do? He undresses us, right? He takes those rags, our own, unfilthy, our own filthy rags, he undresses us, reveals us for who we are, but he doesn't leave us like that, right? Revelation again talks about elders having what? White robes. They're all clothed in white. What is the white robe? What is that? It's the righteousness of Christ. We don't have clothing to hide us in heaven. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Does everybody remember Matthew 22, the wedding feasts? People got invited. always thought it was weird, right? Because he found that one guy who wasn't wearing the right thing, right? You remember this? And he threw him out. 
I always thought, man, that's kind of harsh, right? Maybe just didn't have the right whatever. But what is this? This is the wedding feast. Why? Because that, that man was clothed in his own righteousness. That man had on those dirty rags. If we are going to be in the presence of Christ, we're going to be in the presence of God, the only thing we can have on is we have to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So are you going to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ as you stand before the throne? Or are we trusting in our own deeds to fulfill that righteousness? I'm going to invite these two guys to come up. Um, And as they're passing out communion... We need to realize our standing before God, right? And if that standing before God is just in our filthy rags, it's not going to cut it. It doesn't work. But for those of us that have trusted in Christ, we are not clothed in those filthy rags. We are clothed in Christ's righteousness. We have on those shining white robes. We were made both male and female. We have our different roles and we have different ways, but we are both in the image of God. So we are going to take the Lord's Supper understanding that it is not in our own circumstances, not in our own actions, not even in our own desires, that we can come before God. But we are going to come before God. We confessed our sins before, but we are going to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ.
God, we thank you uh, for this reminder on how much you have loved us, uh, not only to create us as male and female, uh, create us different. Uh, God, help us to see reason behind that so that we can see the picture that it paints of the perfect communion of you and your church. Uh, We thank you for making us different from the animals, uh, giving us your breath, forming us by your hands and both in your image. Uh, We thank you for uh, the complementing of each other that we have, uh, both for taking dominion over your creation uh, and multiplying ourselves uh, into more image bearers for your further glory. Uh, Thank you for this time, this reminder that you have blessed us with. In your name we pray. Amen. And as they were eating, he took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. God, we pray that we would be reminded every day Uh, that we are your special creation, uh, that you have formed us by your hands, uh, and that we are bearing your image every day. We pray that we would see those around us also as image bearers, uh, and that we would seek to fulfill our roles uh, as you have defined them, and pray that uh, we would do so with, uh, with love, for those around us, uh, and without fear of what people think or say, uh, and pray that you would go before our week ahead, uh, give us guidance and wisdom on how we can best serve you by fulfilling those roles. Uh, Thank you for clothing us in your righteousness. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, If you would stand for the benediction. Uh, which, by the way, was in today's reading, for those who are following along, comes from Numbers chapter 6. I'm going to raise my hands up as a symbol coming from the Lord if you want to hold out your hands to receive it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly
one piece.